Community means communion of heart and spirit. It is a network of relationships. This implies a response to the cry of our brothers and sisters, especially the poorest, the weakest, the most wounded, and a sense of responsibility for them. And this is demanding and disturbing. That is why it is very easy to replace relationships and the demands that they bring with laws and rules and administrative devices. It is easier to obey a law than it is to love people. And that is why some communities are swallowed up by rules and administration instead of growing in gratitude, welcome, and gift. You're listening to Upside Down, a podcast on spirituality and culture. No topic is off limits, so join us for unscripted conversations on God's Upside Down Kingdom. Welcome to episode 42 of Upside Down Podcast. I am Kayla Craig, and this is a big episode for us. We are really, really excited to be talking about community, intentional community, and we have a special guest joining the conversation. I have assured her it's not an interview. And she is not in the hot seat. So she is just (laughs) joining us. (laughs) Rebecca, welcome. We are so glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm really honored and excited to be part of this. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Rebecca, you, you have played an important role in our Upside Down listener community and podcast community because... It was, well, I would say it's probably about four months now, four months ago, five months ago, maybe even longer. You just sent us a message saying, hey, I know you've kind of been praying and thinking about having a gathering. And if you have an event of some kind, I just want to let you know that there's this place where I live and we live kind of upside down and, and, (laughs) and maybe it's something to think about. And we were kind of like, okay, well, planning something sounds super stressful. <laughs> None <Yeah>. of us <laughs> want to do that. So. <laughs> but thank you. you know what I mean? And, and yeah. we just kind of kept getting these like inclinations and these these promptings, really, I don't know other, another word for it. And people coming out and saying, hey, we want to make this happen. We want we believe in these conversations and we want to gather in real life and people were willing to come in and kind of do some of the work to make that happen. And as, as we were praying about it, I thought, well, wasn't there somebody in Chicago that messaged us like a really cool place, but when did we get that message? <laughs> and Oh, who is it that sent it? And it was so disorganized. And then you were like an angel, just like emerging on Instagram. And it was like, it was Rebecca. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, it's so funny because I, so because of the way I live, uh, we don't, um, we don't receive an income and I just don't have a way to like support things I love like this. So I just thought, I mean, one of the main reasons I did reach out is I was like, Hey, this is a way I could support upside down podcast because I love it. But even though I can't financially give, I can do something like this and like give my time and give the resources I have. And so anyways, that was, that was like one of the main things that I thought of. That's awesome. I love that. That's awesome. So we are here talking about community, which is kind of a buzzword, but we're going to try to (laughs) dig into what it means. So we, we see a lot like online community and, you know, we have our Instagram stories that are sharing these like really personal insights and glimpses into our reality. But 
true community like what is true community a sense of a place and belonging it, it can kind of get lost so mm-hmm. we are going to talk about that Rebecca with you and not to bury the lead but we'll get back to what we were kind of teasing before <laughs> but Rebecca you live at Jesus People USA and I would love for you to just super briefly let our listeners know what that is and kind of why you have an interesting perspective maybe as we talk about community. Yeah. yeah. So just really briefly, um, Jesus People USA started in um, the 70s in the inner city of Chicago. It was a group of um, just Jesus freaks, like gospel sharing evangelists who, you know, had just this idea to like, we're going to live with the people on the street and we're going to um, spread the gospel and we're going to share God's love through music, through art, through whatever we can do through our work. We can go like paint for people and make money and then we can feed the homeless with that money. And we can, so it's kind of just this group that uh, kind of started just bare bones, like living out of a vehicle, living out of a church basement. Um, eventually the group grew and bought a building and eventually that building filled to overflowing. So they bought a bigger building. And um, that's kind of just very briefly um, this uh, community where I live now, um, the building that we live in currently uh, was purchased in the nineties. And my parents actually moved in when I was a month old um, because they wanted to do inner city mission work and they didn't really um, have a big plan. They just kind of prayed and felt like they wanted to come visit this thing they'd heard about um, of people serving the homeless and kind of just living in this alternative way. So my parents moved in. And so I actually grew up at Jesus People. Um, So I've lived this way my whole life, actually. Um, So for 25 years, I've been here. I I studied abroad for one semester while I was in college. And so that was my only six months not living in the community. Wow, that's amazing. That's really cool. I guess I should say the reason that I've stayed as an adult because uh, it's actually not as common for kids who have grown up in our specific communal living space that they stay. Um, And I think a lot of that is kind of this search for something different, something bigger. And when you live one way your whole life, sometimes you just want to go try something different and try something new. And for me, all my experiences outside of communal living, when I did have, I had my own dorm room when I was um, studying abroad. And so I didn't have to share. So it was my first time having this apartment on my own. And then I've also had the privilege to travel a lot as well. And so I've experienced a lot of living in different countries and doing a little mission work here and there. Um, And pretty much everywhere I went and everything I experienced I felt like everyone was searching for kind of this thing that I already had, like this type of living, uh, living so closely Mm -hmm. with your neighbor that you know them so well, Um, kind of this gospel thing that Jesus calls us to of like the greatest commandment, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And just like that kind of, but what does that mean? And what does that look like? And it is different for everyone, but for me, I just felt like living this way, kind of, that was it for me. <laughs> so anyways, that's why I stayed, is kind of feeling like that that pull in my heart and that call from God 
that um, that this was it. This is what a lot of people were searching for, and I just feel so passionate about it, and I I love it so much. So mm, yeah. And so, what does like a daily day <laughs> daily day? <laughs> what does that look like for you at so? Mm-hmm. You're in Chicago and you mm-hmm. are married, yeah. right? Yeah. You have a little one. So, yeah. And so you are in like a kind of a dorm type setting or kind of like show us what, what you, yeah, what, yeah. Like, so apartments like are really set up um, for especially married fam, like families and especially families with kids. They have typically a studio style apartment and then also a, another apartment room that's specifically for their kids. Um, and so that's how we have, we have two rooms. One is like a studio and that's where my husband and I live. And it's set up kind of like a kitchen, living room, bedroom all in one. And then next door is our son's room. And, um, so that's kind of a typical living space situation. Um, and then, uh, single folks kind of have their like more dorm style where there's usually like two or three um, sharing a room, almost like a college dorm setup. Um, so that's kind of living arrangements. Um, but there's a large shared cafeteria dining space um, and that there's three community meals every day served there. So there's a group of people that live with us that cook meals five days a week and then everyone else pitches in on the weekends um so for me as a stay-at-home mom right now um I have an almost two-year-old and um I so a typical day in the life uh, I guess um I spend a lot of time around the building like so I'll go to our cafeteria in the morning take my son down there set him up in his high chair we'll sit with you know a group the dining room in the dining room it's different every morning almost um sometimes if I'm feeling a little more introverted I'll just um get my breakfast and head back upstairs to our apartment um and so we'll do breakfast then we there's a community playroom where a lot of the stay-at-home parents are um or if people like have babysitters go with the kids um and if it's like a bad bad weather out or Um, so I tend to take my son in there a lot in the mornings, kind of to just like have a slower morning. Um, I'll often go run errands. I have a few community related jobs and one is, um, I help coordinate our chores. So, uh, because our community is so large, there's about 250 people living in the, it's a 10 story building. And, um, And so there are a lot of chores to be done and a lot of people to organize in that. So we have kind of a a team system with chores and I help coordinate my team's chores. So like who does, you know, the sweeping and mopping, who does the dishes that night, who does. So, um, so I do some of that coordinating large scale. Um, And then I have a lot of other little jobs here and there, but I think, so a big part of living how we do is, giving space for, um, for people to kind of do the relationship building that sometimes is lost in a, um, in a church setting where you see people once a week or, um, or twice a week. Um, instead we're seeing our, you know, fellow believers every single day. And we're kind of like living out this church every single day. And so 
there's a lot of relationships and a lot of, um, you know, people stopping to talk to me because some chaos has ensued or they need prayer or, or they just need to vent or they need advice or, so there's, there's a lot of that throughout the day is, um, kind of meeting people where they're at and then vice versa. Like when I'm having a hard day, um, my son's acting up or I'm babysitting and I'm really overwhelmed and missed a community meal. So I'm cooking for, for us. And, and whenever there's those kind of more overwhelming moments, I can stop with a neighbor and like, uh, ask them, Oh, I just need to vent to you for a second. Or I, you know, I just need prayer right now. And, and so there's a lot of that throughout the day. I do have a question about about this coffee shop that you guys have. So I, I think you mentioned that to us off the air that your husband runs a coffee shop that is kind of sponsored by Jesus People USA, right? In Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And it's called Everybody's Coffee. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yes. Okay. So um, Jesus People is... Um, it is a common purse community. So, um, so everyone who lives and works there does not receive a paycheck, but everything, all the money from the different businesses goes into a common fund that pays collectively bills and, um, and meets everyone's needs. And so, um, the coffee shop is one of the businesses that is kind of a branch off, um, of the community in a way to like, not just pay our, communal bills of food and, um, and everything. But also, um, we do run the second largest Jesus people community runs the second largest homeless shelter in, um, Chicago, which is called community outreach. And so the coffee shop helps pay bills. What the coffee shop pays the bills for is the Wilson Abbey and, um, yes, and this is what we, I we know. are very I know. interested <laughs> to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, Rebecca. You're a perfect <laughs> podcaster. That was a perfect I mean, I do have to kidding. share. Like, we kind of, like, threw this on at Rebecca. <laughs> like, hey, can you just hop on in the podcast real quick? And she's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just tell us your life story. Yeah. <laughs> it's no big deal. It's just, yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. So, so the coffee sport. shop is, like, sport. Right. Local yeah. and fair trade and for yes. the community. And yes. I can't wait to try the coffee. <laughs> yeah. But it's it, it helps with the Wilson Abbey. And that is what you had me- messaged us about. So mm-hmm. I have done and so has Lindsay and Shannon has been peeking on too, but we've been like stalking Wilson Abbey <laughs> in like a healthy way. But we have definitely awesome. been then been online and interesting. But yeah, if you could tell yes, us about the Googling. So this um the Wilson Abbey came from just the desire to meet our community even in different and new ways. Um so you know, living together the way we do, we've been able to run this homeless shelter. And that has been a huge ministry for um, Jesus people as a church, as a community. But um, the Wilson Abbey is kind of our new ministry. um, And it is a space that has taken years to create, but it's a multi-purpose venue space. And so it's got a large auditorium. It has a medium-sized theater. The coffee shop is the storefront of the building. Um, And then the second and third floor um, are office spaces and a school space. 
And so all of these spaces, the hopes is to connect our neighborhood and connect our city and then even just at large, try to connect um, people through the arts, through um, especially concerts and music, because that is a huge part of uh, Jesus people culture is music, musicians, bands, artists, sharing the gospel through music, all of that. Um, and um, so, yeah, it's, it's become an event space, which is really great. It's also a church space. So um, there's a church that uses the space every Sunday morning for services. And then um, it's rented out for all types of things. There have been um, lots of plays done in the theater space. There have been lots of concerts, lots of meetings, a lot of city meetings, and um, and a lot of social justice um, activist meetings. And it's, it's just wonderful. It's kind of, it's been a dream of the community as a whole, the Jesus people community for a long time to have a space like this. So it's really exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Lindsay, would you like to, to kind of tell our listeners why we're extra excited and extra like geeking out over Wilson <laughs> Abbey? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so Kayla shared a bit of the story and how, you know, people had been commenting online and mostly in the Facebook group and just saying we'd love for there to be some sort of gathering. And like Kayla said, we were all like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. Um, and good luck with that, guys. And then, um, you know, Rebecca and a couple of other people reached out and either offered to help or in Rebecca's case, mentioning like, hey, I'm a part of this community and we have this space. And um, again, like Kayla said, we like lost the message because we weren't really... Um, quite on that vibe yet but recently there's been just a series of events where we've started thinking like oh maybe the gathering is god's idea and it doesn't need to be (laughs) our idea but we can still run with it um and so that's when we kind of frantically well we i think it was kayla who's like didn't somebody send us a message about chicago (laughs) and we sort of frantically started looking for that message and found it and um so rebecca and i connected and i said hey so tell me about this space and so she told me about um the wilson abbey and i looked online and thought oh yeah this would be so great um and I'm going to just maybe spill a little bit yeah, of the beans here. So um, I also <laughs> I also um, have recently um, been really into Micah Bournet's, um music and poetry and started following him online. And he posted on, I saw it on Instagram, that he was going to be in Chicago um, on uh, this week in September. And we had been talking like, okay, so we think maybe the gathering is God's idea and we think we could throw something together in September or October. And then Micah posts these dates and I was like, are you guys available on these dates? And Shannon and Kayla both said yes. And then I messaged Rebecca and said, is the Wilson Abbey available on these dates? And she got back to me and was like, yeah, and I went ahead and booked it. And I was like, Oh, okay. And so a few hours later I emailed Micah and was like, Hey, um, (laughs) I don't even know what I said because I didn't have any details at that time. I was just like, I really like your work. And I think we're doing a gathering in Chicago when you're going to be there. So would you want to come and present and perform? And he was like, yeah, sure. 
And long story short, he had already been booked for the evening. And so I was like, that's fine. You can just do a presentation during the day. We still, you know, would love to have you. Um, if the evening opens up, let me know. And then like an hour later, I got an email from him saying, well, I was able to rearrange my schedule so I can actually do a whole performance Saturday night. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So it's really just been a cool series of events where um, we didn't, I don't feel like it took that much effort or work on our part, which is what we kept saying we <laughs> yeah. didn't want to do. You know, like we couldn't do an we couldn't do an event because we don't have the time or we don't have the capacity or whatever. And it really didn't take that much other than like yeah. connecting these dots right. that were already out there. Um yeah, so we're super excited to be heading to the Wilson Abbey um, in September on the 21st and 22nd. It's a Friday evening and a Saturday all day and have um, Micah performing on Saturday night. And we're still working out a lot of details for what that what that's going to look like. Um, but when this episode drops, we will have tickets going Yay. on sale. And so um, cool. that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what exactly is yeah. going on. We're just sort of along yeah. for the ride. Yeah. Like everybody else. Cool, because this is our last we had been planning for a long time that this was going to be our last um, our last scheduled episode before kind of a summer slowdown for us so we had been planning for a long time to take mm-hmm. take a break in the summer and um, actually we're gonna do some some special kind of shorter little conversations for some patreon um donors um just as a thank you but for our normal episodes we're just going to take a step back for the summer and that is really like crazy timing that we could have never planned to give us that time to kind of do the work behind the scenes to make this upside town gathering a thing and then when we reconvene in the fall this is like just such a huge kickoff that we can actually gather and meet in person and it's been so encouraging because we've been seeing these pictures and these posts trickling in like you guys are already doing it you're already getting together with people and having coffee that you wouldn't normally know but through you know the internet can be kind of cool and through um, the upside down podcast you guys have connected already and so we just want to open it up for for lots of people together, you know, and we're working, um, Jesus people are doing a great job at um, helping it be affordable. And I don't want to downplay that in any way. And, and we're hoping that we can kind of swing the doors open and, and make a way for anybody to come who can get to Chicago <laughs> and, uh, and, and online, we will give you a lot more information about what that looks like. And um, we'll give you a reminder at the end of this episode and we'll put it up on the show notes and we'll tell you and keep telling you on social media, but to get your ticket, you'll just go to upside down slash gathering. So that's an easy thing, but we wanted to talk about community on this episode because it's so important. Like we're not made to do kingdom life alone. Like if we're if we're alone, mm. I feel like we're doing it wrong, <laughs> you know? And that that is maybe harder for some of us than others cuz some of us are more like lone rangers. Um but I really feel like I've been thinking about this and thinking about we have a god that is a triune God. Like we have a God that dwells in community and he made us 
in his image. And so we need to dwell in community. And maybe it doesn't look like how Rebecca's living, but we are all made to be with each other. Like our life, like just like what Rebecca was saying, we need to love God and love others. And so we're hoping and praying and seeing God work and seeing a community of believers come together to make this happen. So we're super, super excited. We're super excited to rope in Micah (laughs) and and let him um, do his amazing work. And we hope that you guys go online um, and and watch some of his, his work and listen to his music. And Lindsay, you can listen on Spotify, right? To his new album. Yeah, you can listen on Spotify. The new, his new album is called a time like this and it's on Spotify. And he also gives all of his music away for free. So you can get that um, on his website and um, yeah, yeah, you can make a donation and he gives it away. So, <laughs> and what is Micah's last name again? It's Borne. It's B O U R N E S. So I'm pretty sure the website is mm-hmm. MicahBorne.com. Yeah. Yep. And cool. Rebecca, I was doing some some research on the Wilson Abbey because I'm like, Wilson Abbey, what? So is it like <laughs> yeah, do yeah. Nuns there? <laughs> you know, like it's an Abbey. <laughs> but I loved it. So there was a news article about it when you guys were kind of working and they gave a history and they mm-hmm. said it's been a car dealership a prohibition era speakeasy and a strip club that was described <laughs> as the Sodom of uptown Chicago. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> this building has I just had love that wow. history. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the redemption yeah. of that, you know, yeah, that's the hope is kind that's- of taking this space that has been, um, I, yeah. So in the darkness and kind of creating it into, um, a space of light, a space of good and welcome and love and and light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Rebecca, you were talking about how a lot of what you do is this kind of just relational investment, mm-hmm. like sharing each other's burdens and kind of walking through things together. And so just wondering from all of you um, today on the recording, how does vulnerability and trust play a role in intentional community. I was going to say, this Mm -hmm. is Lindsay. I think it may, it can either make it or break it. Um, I don't think there's a way of doing community without vulnerability and trust. Um, It's that's not Mm -hmm. community. I don't know what you would call it. (laughs) Dysfunction maybe. Um, (laughs) But if there's not trust and there's not vulnerability, then that's not community, you know? So I was just going to say, I think vulnerability is, is a long process and it's some, it's tricky because I think it's a word that can mean different things to different people. I know I've had friendships where people are like totally believe sincerely that they're, that they're being vulnerable with me as a friend, but it is not what I normally recognize as vulnerability. And so I think that's what makes it tricky is that we kind of have different understandings of the word, Mm -hmm. but I think agreeing to be in process together, and maybe that's where the trust part comes in of like being able to have these hard conversations of like, I actually don't feel like you're willing to be vulnerable with me. And then like just getting in there and working through it, which is really messy and not 
fun. That's like not how anybody wants to spend their time, but that's like, that's where the fruit is, you know? And I think that's um, what true community is, is like the mutual commitment to the relationship through that and not in avoidance of it. Yes. I think exactly that. I really similar was going to say, especially from my experiences, just it is different for every single person. And Mm-hmm. maybe what I consider that kind of level of trust built um, somebody else, it might take them years to get there. And uh, I don't know. I just think too, like having, having that grace to like walk it out <laughs> with people. And then also, mm-hmm. also being vulnerable yeah. in a healthy way too. Cause I mean, it's different. Like um, if you're just sharing everything yep. with everyone all the time that's, yeah, that's right. I don't know. That's not going to work either. So it's like you have to also be intentional about um, who you're sharing with and the right times and all of, all of that too. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. We had a listener question come in asking how, and this is just for anyone or if anybody has a story or something, but dealing with conflict in community. So she was just kind of going through some stuff and trying to be intentional with the people around her and in a faith-based way and feeling like they were coming across a lot of opposition and wondering like, what point do you move on? Or do you like dig in your heels and work through the hard and do you guys have any advice or just insight or personal experience with dealing with kind of some of that conflict in community? I think that's really difficult because there's really not an answer to give someone, you know, it is, it really is so dependent on circumstances, but I will say, I do think that more often than not, we really are called to stay and to work things out together. Um, but that's not always the case. And certainly depending on different circumstances, that could definitely be bad advice. But I think, um, I think culturally, we kind of err on the side of running away when things get hard or um, almost, almost using our relationships in a way that's disposable. And I don't mean that in at all of like ill intent or anything like that, but, but just with this mindset of, well, I can find friendships elsewhere or I will find a community that suits my needs better. When the truth is like all community is flawed there. You will never find that perfect community that you are envisioning, you know? And I think that there is something really holy about, staying. I think that we can spend a lot of time chasing after a mirage and, and we could spend our whole life doing that and never stay Mm -hmm. and commit to anyone or any place. I think from my experience um, with actually, I'm actually going through a situation right now where I feel like, so I'm having a conflict where I kind of don't know where to go with it. If I just do that, where I, continue to forgive and move on um, or basically what the next right step is. And I think for me, it's really important um, to always like um, seek wisdom from someone uh, older and wiser or someone outside of the scenario and like always kind of going up to, um, Mm -hmm. to a friend or an advisor who can 
give you a new perspective and give you that kind of that wisdom, but then also going at it prayerfully too. So like, yeah, it is so hard. (laughs) It's hard. Yeah. Something that comes to my mind is like, is this a mutual commitment? And not that you should pull away if somebody isn't committed, but if you are like trying to really cultivate, you know, trust and vulnerability and be committed and not get that from the other group or the other person or whatever, then that, that's just a factor I think to consider as you're, as you're trying to, you know, kind of cultivate that life. And another question we got um, was, and I think, all of you are introverts. I don't know, Lindsay, maybe you're like half and half. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but they they wanted to know, how does an introvert find respite amidst a lifestyle of intentional community? I think you have to be bold enough to make the parameters for yourself, even if you think it, even if you feel an obligation to be a part of the group at all times. So we had um, a few years ago, we were a part of a Catholic worker and the lease ran out on the house that it was in. And so we like our home became my family's home became the central location. And so there was always people in and out of the house. And one thing I did was move the armchair in the living room into our bedroom <laughs> so that I could have a place to shut the door and be alone. <laughs> because It was like, Sorry, I mean, and, and you know, we, we made a joke about it. Like we laughed about That's it, um, but it just, it was a need that I had. And, and even though I kind of felt this obligation to be a part of all things at all times, it really became like, okay, if this is going to work, if this is going to be sustainable, I need to be sure that I'm getting my needs met. And that means having a place to be alone. So that was my solution. <laughs> For me, I, um, like I talked about in the beginning, it's oftentimes um, going to eat a meal on a TV tray in our small apartment room <laughs> so that I can eat a meal alone. And <laughs> just sometimes I just need to eat a meal alone <laughs> or, you know, just me and my son or whatever, me and my son and my husband. But yeah, so it is carving out that space and knowing when you need it. And um, for me, it's difficult not to feel guilty sometimes with um, with taking that time. But so having that reminder of like, no, this is what I need to fill up so that I can be full and be my best self with everyone else. And I agree with both. I mean, I am technically an extrovert, but I'm just barely on the line. And I always say that like my five kids take up that extrovertedness. So when it comes to other people, I feel more like an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes <laughs> I forget that my husband is truly an introvert. And um, yeah. we're, you know, we don't live in community in the sense that we share our living space like in an overnight sense but we do have people in our home every day and sometimes I forget that my husband is an introvert and so kind of what Shannon and Becca were sharing he'll have to say like we cannot have people over tonight or we cannot go do x y and z you know tomorrow like I need time to just be um, so I think it really yeah. is like speaking up for yourself because for those of us who aren't extrovert, like I don't, I mean, I do need alone time, but I don't always think in those terms, you know, so you do have to speak up for yourself and say like, no, this is what I need. Um, and you know, be willing to communicate that to the extroverts around you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, so Shannon, you, um, I think it was probably like a year ago, or maybe it was when we were first starting the podcast. This is what it was. When we were first starting the podcast, we were like, let's do a book giveaway of our favorite books. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that the book Jean you Manier, recommended yeah. was Jean, Jean, how do you say his name? Jean Manier. John, yes. And so <laughs> as I was kind of thinking about Rebecca knows. <laughs> so as I was thinking about um, this episode talking about community, I was on the Jesus People USA website, and they had a pulled a quote from him from his book community and growth. And I just wanted to read it. As we're kind of winding down this conversation, we're going to share a little bit more about our gathering. And um, that yeah, this is what he had to say about the meaning of community. Community means communion of heart and spirit. It is a network of relationships. This implies a response to the cry of our brothers and sisters, especially the poorest, the weakest, the most wounded, and a sense of responsibility for them. And this is demanding and disturbing. That is why it is very easy to replace relationships and the demands that they bring with laws and rules and administrative devices. It is easier to obey a law than it is to love people. And that is why some communities are swallowed up by rules and administration instead of growing in gratitude, welcome, and gift. And I was like, I see why Shannon liked that book. <laughs> oh I know. I think the one I recommended was actually Becoming Human, but we have community and growth. Yes. Yes. You just can't go wrong with anything that he, it is easier to <laughs> obey a law than to love people. That is, that is it. That is the mic drop. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. Yeah. That's so good. So this is my question for Shannon and Lindsay as co-hosts and as we're looking to the gathering, what do you hope to get out of it? And what do you hope um, attendees hope will get out of our kind of actual in real life gathering weekend in Chicago? Well, I hope to get some fall weather. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited about being in Chicago in September. And just, you know, meeting people and I, I mean, really being a part of the community. Like, I hope, I I feel like we try to convey that, like, we're just normal people who happen to be holding microphones. But, like, there's nothing special about us or, like, our ability to do a podcast. Like, that doesn't make us special. You yeah. know, like, we're just as much a part of the community as the listeners are. So, I'm really looking forward to, like, just being one of the humans as Shannon would say um who's who's there you know and I hope people I've been thinking about this as we've been kind of planning what and and trying to put together like a mission statement and I really when I think about our listeners I think of people who are just like us and who are trying to like bring the kingdom come one little degree of glory at a time in their place and with their people. And so I just, I hope people, um, I personally, that often feels like a lonely work. And so I hope people come and feel a sense of community and leave knowing that um, they're not alone in, in the work that they're doing in their place and that they can come and be really refreshed and see like, there is this great cloud of witnesses and there's this army on earth as mm-hmm. well. Um, and like be able to go back into their places really feeling um, recharged and refocused and, 
you know, we keep calling it a gathering because it's not a retreat and it's not a conference. Like it's, it's this weird mix of like gathering people um, who are on the same mission, but doing it in different places. So that's kind of what I hope people walk away mm-hmm. with. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I, and I love that it's just, I mean, if we had um, some of our listeners do surveys and just this reoccurring theme of just wanting to meet other people and to just connect on a personal level, like in a face to face level and a hug type of level and things that you can't experience when it's, digital, you know, and I think that yeah. is so, yeah. mm-hmm. so appealing, you know, we're, we're so connected and yet we're all kind of disconnected a little bit and just allowing a space for, like Lindsay was saying, a little bit of rest and also a little bit of like encouragement and some stuff to take home, you know, <laughs> and so we're just kind of this yeah. weird upside down gathering because there's no other word for it. <laughs> there's not. Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, this has been a really fun conversation to have. And there's a lot more that we can say, like what we say at the end of every episode. There's so much more to say about community. But we are so excited for September to be in person. We're going to do a live recording, which hold on to your hats because who knows what's going to happen there. <laughs> but, there's no time. They're going to. You're like, oh, so they do have an editor. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to have coffee from the every everybody's coffee, right, Rebecca? That's what it's called, everybody's yes. coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and we're trying to be as intentional as we can about making wise decisions about how we are stewarding the money um, from the tickets and making sure we're supporting, you know, ethical suppliers as much as we can. Um, And we're just really doing our best uh, to make it something that we feel like is the best gift that we can give our upside down community. So go online if you want to learn more. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to have you upsidedownpodcast.com slash gathering and you'll hear us um, talk more about it. But Rebecca, I just want to say, I mean, thank you doesn't really feel like the right word even because I feel like you were in tune to the spirits prompting before we were. That's a true statement. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> So I don't know. Thank you. But also just um, we're grateful for you and grateful for the role that you're doing. Um, I just hope that you never think that your your part in the kingdom is small because I, I talk to you and get to know you online and I just see see such um, such important work and important heart coming from you. And and I am just really glad to um I don't know. We're just fortunate to to link arms with you and with mm-hmm. with your group, with Jesus People USA and Wilson Abbey, and we are really excited to see you in the fall with the with the leaves, <laughs> so Lindsay can take a box home <laughs> to Miami. <laughs> well, I hope. Good luck with the Chicago weather. We'll yeah. see what you get. But oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> I'm just so grateful for you three. I mean, this podcast has been. I've been listening to it since the very beginning and it's every episode I'm like sister <laughs> like it's just so like, friends <laughs> I just um That's I'm so just cool. so grateful so grateful and I can't wait to meet you all in person it'll be exciting yay awesome 
Well, thank you all for having this conversation. As always, you can find us at UpsideDownPodcast.com on Instagram or UpsideDownPodcast. If you want to be a member of the group that we all love being a part of, <laughs> you can find us. It's Upside Down Tribe and it's just a private group. Um kind of propelled from the podcast but it's really so much more than that uh, like Shannon was saying so join us um, if you would like to support us financially we have Patreon and that's patreon.com slash upside down podcast but thank you so much for listening have a wonderful summer and we will see you again soon thanks for listening <laughs>